Welcome to Plantful Life. I'm your host, Stephanie Diane. In this episode, I get to chat with Sam Turnbull, and she's got a new cookbook out called Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan. Now, Sam never in a million years thought she would ever become vegan. She grew up in a family of foodies, chefs, butchers, and hunters. Yes, it's true. Her household had a flock of chickens for eggs and eating, and the freezers were stocked full of meat, steaks were cooked rare, and there was even real animal heads decorating the walls, not that she liked the heads. Now, that doesn't really sound like the most vegan household, right? (laughs) Well, what inspired Sam to switch to veganism? Well, that's what we get into in this episode. She explains all about her transition from a family of hunters and butchers and loving meat and cheese to going literally overnight into a plant-based vegan diet. And as much as she found that she craved meat and cheese in particular, she found a way around that. And so that's why we are talking to her about fast, easy, cheap vegan, because she really loves to create recipes that still satisfy her craving for meat and cheese without it actually being meat or cheese in the dairy and animal sense. So without further ado, I am going to dive right into this episode. Now, you're going to love the fact that I thought I was recording, but yeah, I uh, forgot to press that button to record. So we get a really fun uh, conversation here in the beginning, starting off with my accidental oops, I forgot to press the record button on Zoom. (laughs) Here we go. That was our little, our little dress rehearsal. I was like, I've got to get all this on, on, on in the recording. And I look and I see that the recording button wasn't going. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's start all over. Okay. okay. Awesome. So I got you warmed up now. <laughs> so I'll have to start all over again. So thank you for joining me on Plantful Life. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So we were just chatting off uh, record because I forgot to press the record button. So I'm going to ask Sam one more time to tell me all the great info she just shared. Um, So we were just chatting about how she got started as a vegan and what inspired her and her background, which was very not 
vegetarian or vegan or anything <laughs> like that at all. It was kind of the opposite, right? Definitely the opposite. Yeah, I grew up in a family of uh, chefs and butchers and hunters. There's literally animal heads on the wall of the house I grew up in. Uh, not that I ever liked the heads, to be honest, but, uh, <laughs> but I ate meat <laughs> and I liked cheese. Um, so yeah, I definitely never thought in a million years that I would go vegan um, and uh, never had any intention, never was vegetarian and then none of that stuff. But um, uh, one day in 2013, uh, I was having a kind of a moment where I just kind of felt unhealthy, unfit, and I just kind of wanted to clean up my diet a little bit because turns out eating a lot of cheese and meat doesn't actually make you feel that good, or at least it didn't make me feel good. <laughs> and um, so I watched a documentary called Vegucated. Um, I thought this documentary was about vegetables, but it turned out to be about vegans. And um, it totally blew my mind, taught me all sorts of information and a perspective that I'd never thought of or considered before. Um, and it made me go vegan overnight. So I turned off that documentary the next morning I woke up and uh, cleaned out my kitchen of anything that wasn't vegan and I started my new vegan lifestyle <laughs> wow just literally overnight <laughs> yeah I know I'm, I'm kind of like an all-or-nothing kind of person so. <laughs> I'm not someone who could just like ease my way especially like for me since watching the information that I learned uh, I just found it so heartbreaking so informative um, and so I thought if I'm gonna give this a try I really got to give it a go just cutting out one little piece of the puzzle wasn't going to be enough for me. I really needed to try it full force. And that's just kind of the way I am. <laughs> so when you said that you weren't really feeling very healthy at the time, was there anything, you know, specific that you noticed as a change as far as making this change in your diet? Uh, yeah, I definitely noticed. I mean, I wasn't like specifically sick with anything or anything like that, as far mm -hmm. as I knew. But um, uh, after going vegan for a couple of weeks, uh, I had a ton more energy. My skin was clearer. I lost a couple of pounds. I didn't get that uh, uncomfortable, bloaty feeling like I overdid it after eating feeling, which I used to like get all the time. And I felt like guilty and I like, would beat myself up. I'm like, oh, I, I ate too much. How silly of me. But I think I just realized I wasn't eating the right things in the long run. And so, yeah, switching to vegan definitely made me feel fresher and lighter and happier and uh, yeah all the good things <laughs> that's great and so did you receive any pushback from family did they ask you why you were making this change and try to talk you out of it <laughs> uh yeah yeah 100%. <laughs> i mean uh, as you said you had butchers in your family is that correct yeah yeah butchers and hunters um, actually, wow the hunter it, my family is one of the more more supportive people <laughs> oh that's interesting yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, no, uh, everyone thought, I, I think, thought I was a little bit crazy. I think they just thought it was kind of like a diet trend I was doing. Uh, vegan wasn't really a common word at the time. I mean, there was definitely lots of vegans around, uh, mm -hmm. but it was kind of less known in popular culture. So, uh, you know, my mom called it vegan. She didn't even know how to say the word right, which was really cute. And I had a teacher, I'm like, no, it's vegan. And so until one day she said, uh, oh, we're talking about going to Las Vegas. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> She's like, oh no, you messed me up forever. I had a family friend. She used to call it vegin. Vegin, yeah, I've heard that one. Which makes sense, right? Yeah, I know. I don't even know why it's vegan, but it's kind of cute though, vegin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. I think people thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, they didn't know how to support me, or I don't even know if they wanted to support me at first. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but you know, it's stuck. I've <laughs> been vegan for eight years now, so eventually they'd come around. <laughs> Yeah, they're not changing your mind now. <laughs> oh, no, no. 
full-time career and two published cookbooks, I think uh, I think they're not changing my mind. I don't think they want to change my mind. I think they're very proud of me now. <laughs> That's great. So growing up, you're around hunters and obviously you were a meat eater and you love cheese and all the things. So there is there anything that you create in a vegan um, form that you really love that brings you back? Uh, yeah, like pretty much all of my recipes, to be honest. That is my goal. Uh, with my first cookbook, Fuss Free Vegan, uh, I literally wrote in the book, this is the book I wish I had when I went vegan, because it's all the recipes that I wished were veganized the way that they were. I think um, at the time of when I went vegan, there was a lot of health-focused foods available, like recipes. Uh, so it was things like smoothies and energy balls and uh, uh, grain bowls and stuff like that, which is all great food, but it wasn't really what I was craving. And then on the other side, there was a lot of really processed stuff where you could just buy a package of kind of vegan ground beef or something like that, uh, which to me wasn't as satiating either. So I really had to find my own place and make my own recipes to fulfill my own uh, needs and cravings. And it turns out I was hitting an area that other people <laughs> wanted as well, which was really great. And so that's how I kind of started sharing my recipes online and it, it randomly turned into a career. It didn't randomly, I worked very hard, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know it always seems career. that way, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially with Instagram, it's like this highlight reel of all the great things we're making, but behind the scenes, it's a whole different story, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's definitely a full-time job. <laughs> I mean, just recipe developing alone, you have to make something over and over and over in order to share the recipe if you yeah. want the, you know, other people to follow the recipe and have success. Exactly. So there's a lot that goes into it. And then the photography aspect. Yeah. So there's that now, you know, that just creates a whole, you have to be almost an entire team if you're doing it yourself, especially with Instagram feed. As I found, you know, I had to teach myself so many different things and it's very time consuming. It puts, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially when creating vegan food, you're uh, sometimes just making recipes that like literally didn't exist in the world before. Uh, you know, you're not just taking something that's kind of really common, like here's a chocolate chip cookie recipe and uh, it's got eggs and butter and this and this and this, but I like my chocolate chip recipe with like a little bit more vanilla and a little bit more chocolate chips. Like you're literally starting from, you're like, okay, I have flour. What do I do about the eggs? What do I do about the butter? Like, what do I do about the vegan chocolate chips? You know, so you're really just inventing from scratch, which is a, a totally different challenge. And you're right. So you do have to test the recipes over and over and over again. But for me, I think that's one of the things I love about it. I love the creativity of it. It's a really fun challenge and to try to make, uh, you know, ingredients in your kitchen taste like cheese or taste like meat or even just be you know creamy or satiating it's a really fun exciting challenge for me it is I can tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and from from one vegan cook to another you know I I started off as a classically trained in French classic cooking uh, and uh <laughs> and then had but I had always been vegetarian Okay. So to, to replace butter and sugar and well, I'm, I'm sugar-free, but you don't have to, I guess as a vegan, but I did. Yeah. And, and, you know, all the things that go into baking or pastry or right. some of the things that are just, you can't imagine creating it without that, you know, like an yeah. omelet, for instance, <laughs> like, yeah, right. the whole essence of an omelet happens to be the egg. So <laughs> when we 
get this experimental uh, creativity going, it's really fun because it gives you such a challenge, like you were saying, to figure it out and to see if you can make it work. So are there, um, now I know you have this second cookbook, but is there anything between the two of them that uh, was especially challenging for you? Um, well, they both have their own unique approaches. Um, with the first one, it's really just focused on uh, making some of my favorite dishes like a spaghetti bolognese, but without meat and without the processed vegan stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, even just like some cheeses, I have a bunch of cheese recipes in that book. And so just kind of mimicking those flavors was really, really fun. But with my new cookbook, Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan, uh, I kind of had a, a new goal. Not only are all of the recipes vegan, of course, but every single recipe takes 30 minutes or less to prepare. It costs $10 or less for the entire dish, and it uses 10 ingredients or less for the entire recipe. So I really wanted to bust that myth that vegan food has to be complicated, that it has to be time consuming, that it has to be expensive. And so just really limiting my ingredients and what I used and uh, in my time limit. And it, that was a whole different challenge that was really fun too. I put a whole bunch of rules on myself to make this book and I loved it. <laughs> well, that is really important to people, I think, because I think the majority of people seeking a vegan recipe, they want it to be easy. They want it to be affordable. And they want it to be something that they are enjoying, obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, that is, that is actually what you created is actually what is really helpful when people are seeking good vegan recipes. Yes, I hope yeah. so. And that, that's, that's the goal with it. But, you know, I, I right. know a lot of people find um, uh, might have gone vegan and they never used to really cook that often. So they don't mm. really want to invest a lot of time in the kitchen or they're just busy and uh, they don't have time to always cook. Uh, and so I, I know it's not always as convenient to be vegan right now. You can walk out your door and, you know, go to any grocery store or any like restaurant and there's a ton of non-vegan options for sure. But there's not always a lot of great like ready to go vegan options. Options. And so you don't have to do that. You can make stuff at home in, in as little as 30 minutes, which takes less the time than it does to order a pizza. <laughs> That's true. And you're not always sure how good that pizza is going to be anyway. Yeah, it's probably going to be expensive. <laughs> and the cheese is like a weird vegan rubbery cheese that's going to stick to your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So do you have, like you said that you have some vegan cheese recipes, is there anything that you particularly like as far as uh, the results of your experimentations? <laughs> yeah, well, and I have all different kinds um, throughout my two books and my blog. I have uh, like everything from like a blue cheese to like a melty, stretchy mozzarella to one that can grate and sprinkle on pizza. So I just like, again, experimenting with those flavors and the textures and just to make things really, really delicious. In this uh, cookbook, Fast Easy Cheap Vegan, um, I have a, one of my favorite recipes in the book because I'm all about snacks. I just love snacking all the time. Uh, it's this like loaded queso dip and it's so easy to make. I, I think it's like five ingredients or something like that. Um, definitely under 10. And you just pop everything in a blender, press blend, and it, you have this amazing cheesy dip in like five minutes. I can't even tell you how many times I made it this summer. And it was awkward because of course I knew my book was about to come out 
but I hadn't announced it yet. So like every day I like to post my food on Instagram, but I had to like hide half of what I was eating. So I was always eating these really simple recipes because they're so easy to eat. They're so easy to make. Uh-huh. <laughs> so lying to my fans, which felt bad, but yeah, I made this loaded queso dip a million times. So if you want something really cheesy and really fast and really easy, it's one of my, my faves. And you can serve it with veggies if you want to be healthier, or you can serve it with uh, nacho chips and uh, have a party. <laughs> That is one thing that I found really challenging to uh, to go without is, in fact, I used to consider myself a cheesetarian. So ah. <laughs> because I love cheese so much. And, you know, my kids aren't necessarily 100% vegan. Um, they're, they're interested and they're definitely, you know, they enjoy what I create. Mm-hmm. And a nacho cheese recipe would be amazing for them. <laughs> so what goes into it? What What is your... Um, you know, special sauce with that? Yeah, this one, it contains uh, raw cashews, which of course is what the creaminess comes from. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it contains salsa as well, like just a store-bought red salsa. And then some nutritional yeast, a bit of turmeric for color and water. Wow, that's really easy. (laughs) (laughs) But I promise you it tastes amazing. You just whip that up and then I I call it a loaded queso dip. Uh, And so it has black beans and corn kernels and cilantro and jalapeno slices. But of course you can play around with those if you want as well. And you can serve it cold, but I actually love putting it in the microwave or in a pot just for a few minutes to heat it up. It gets Mm. even more cheesy and it kind of gets like crusty around the edges and everyone's always waiting for the little perfect for a mac and cheese too right yeah so good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so it's so simple and I think it's just about the right combination of flavors and the right balance quantity of ingredients and you can make something really cool and really fun yes definitely making that one (laughs) (laughs) no it's good I don't know if if your fans can uh, see the photo but uh That sounds delicious. And so I'm now I'm curious. So what else um, is maybe one or two other uh, favorite recipes from your new book? Yeah, well, I have a whole section on noodles because I'm obsessed with noodles. <laughs> and uh, that could be anything from like Italian to like a Chinese style to Thai. I love noodles. So I have a whole chapter on noodles and they're so quick to make, which is really great. Um, so I love that. I have a, a pasta that's really good. It's a, a 10 minute creamy miso udon noodle. So not pasta, more of a noodle. Um, but it uses miso paste and uh, it makes this really creamy sauce in 10 minutes. And you have the, like, I love udon noodles. They're so chewy and fat and delicious. And so it's just a really good lazy night meal. You can whip it up. And if you want to toss more veggies on, you can to make it a bit healthier or not, just go for it. <laughs> it's like you're ordering takeout and it's delish <laughs> I'm a big fan of miso paste so ah, yes. me too. <laughs> it's an underrated thing I use it in a lot of recipes and uh you know it, it is in most people's grocery stores whether they realize it or not right so exactly so much umami and it's really great flavor that is very true it has so much umami and it can be used mm. in so many it's very versatile actually yes most people yeah. think of miso soup, which is great, but you can do so much more with it. I often use it in uh, as an ingredient in a lot of my cheese recipes too, because it does add that umami without spending the time aging a vegan cheese. Exactly. It has that special taste. <laughs> and um, do you have any sweets? Do you have anything that's like, because sure. I've, I've been sugar-free for over four years, but I use monk fruit. <laughs> So usually if I create a recipe, even if it calls for sugar, I just use monk fruit and it it works. That's good to know because I get that question a lot. And Uh I think you have to really 
be well versed in the sugar-free world to really understand what you can use. Yeah, that's (laughs) like like, throws a whole other thing into the picture, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, so I don't generally like making making recommendations without testing it myself, but okay, monk fruit, that's good to know. I'll definitely look at that. Uh, But yeah, I have a ton of, I have a whole dessert uh, section for sure. So I have a ton of recipes there. Uh, One of my favorites is, I call it my easy peasy peanut butter squares. And if you've ever had like a Reese's peanut butter cup, um, it's like that, but 12 times better because the the peanut butter section is like that thick. It's like two inches thick. So in my opinion, that's always the best part. And it's super easy to make. You just whip it up, throw it together. It seems fancy. um, And then you have this amazing sweet. And I love to chop mine up into just like little tiny bites. And I toss them in the freezer. And every time I have a sweet tooth, I just grab a couple and it's delish. (laughs) Yum. My daughters will love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will too, but you know, they're, they're real big peanut butter fans. Oh yeah. I'm the almond butter one. You know, I try to convince Yeah, well, that's the nice thing too, is I use a a natural (laughs) peanut butter. And so it does, you can easily sub out almond butter, cashew butter, sunflower seed butter. I love it all. Allergies. It's great. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, I I think sunflower seed butter for those with allergies is a good good swap. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think I don't want to admit that I eat maybe a half a jar of sunflower seed butter a day. Wow. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I, well, I eat it with green apples, oh, nice. oh, lovely. <laughs> but I think I eat more of the sunflower seed butter than the actual apple. <laughs> You're like me. <laughs> Like, mm. I love fruit, but I like the dipping part. Actually, I have a really good fruit dip in here too, but this one's more like creamy and fluffy and coconut. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, so your your book is found where where can because oh, you you're in Canada, so is that correct? Yeah. You're in you're in Toronto. Yes, I'm in Toronto. Yeah, uh, yeah no, uh, Fast Easy Cheap Vegan is available worldwide. You can find it at all your favorite booksellers. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo. Um, if you want to go to your independent shop, if they don't have it in, they'll be able to order it in, I'm sure. So wherever you want to go to grab a book, it's where you should go. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I am really thrilled for you with this new one. This is great. And I've got to catch up on some of your cozy, comfort, yummy dips and sauces and cheeses and all the things that I love too. It sounds like we both love the same things. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) I know, right? I think when it comes down to it, it's like, I love snacking. I love dips. I love, you know, sauces and creamy things, you know, and, and cashews, like you were mentioning, that makes the creaminess in the sauce. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just magic, right? Like you can even, I've used it in a, a butternut squash recipe for soup um, mm-hmm. to make that creaminess of the butternut squash. It's creamy anyway, but I think the cashews really add an extra, right. uh, extra creaminess to it. Sure, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, no, the cashews are definitely great, um, but I don't actually have too many recipes with them in this book because I am mm-hmm. keeping it on the budget friendly side. Trying to side. keep it budget friendly, right more expensive but um but yeah so there's lots of other little tricks for creamy things as well (laughs) yes we love those tricks yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so now I'm just going to go back a little bit because I know that we briefly discussed your upbringing and being in a house full of hunters and meat eaters and (laughs) and all that so is there anything that you have I'm sure I'm guessing you you do, but is there anything from childhood that is just 
you know, something that you've always loved and something that you've recreated into a vegan recipe? Oh, sure. So many things. Um, <laughs> one of the craziest things, I mean, it's not really crazy, but to me, it was crazy at the time, um, is uh, my vegan steak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love like, a, I used to love steak. Um, and I definitely didn't want to eat it anymore as a vegan and lost that appeal. But it's really fun to have um, a nice steak freak dinner. Uh, so yeah, I made a, a seitan steak. This recipe is on my blog. So anyone can go get it right now for free. And if you've never worked with seitan before, don't be afraid. It's really easy. I even have a video to walk you through it. Um, but it's really cool. You make your own uh, homemade vegan seitan steak. It tastes delicious. You can freeze them. They freeze really well. You can grill it up in a pan or on a barbecue. Um, and it, yeah, it's just amazing and delicious. And it's really fun. As a vegan, there's not a huge amount of recipes, I feel like, where you really sit down with a fork and a knife and like, you know, saw at something. So it's really nice to have that experience for a special occasion and bursting with protein and way healthier, no cholesterol or anything like that. And no one had to die. So it's win, win, win. <laughs> <laughs> now what goes into seitan? Like I'm kind of familiar with it, mm -hmm. but I, I haven't really experimented with it. I'm more of a tempeh gal <laughs> and, um, and mushrooms. Like when it comes to meat uh, replacement, yeah, I tend to lean to the tempeh and mushroom spectrum, <laughs> but, uh, but I haven't really experimented too much with seitan. Yeah, well, you definitely should. It's super fun. You can be so creative with it. And you can also, I know a lot of people have tried it before, um, different recipes and had massive failures, but I feel like mm -hmm. it's seitan is really, um, it's a, like, it's baking. Basically you have to follow the ingredients and the instructions to a T. And as long as you do that, at least with my recipes, <laughs> I'm uh -huh. confident they'll work out for you. Uh, but it's very cool. So seitan is just, um, it's just wheat flour basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the starch is removed. It's a really ancient technique. I think it's from like the sixth dynasty in China or something. Like Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. no, it's not a new food. It's like ancient, <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool. So, um, uh, and you can just buy now, luckily, very easily, uh, just Vital Wheat Gluten, which is basically just the protein in wheat. So the starch has been removed. So it's a really, really high protein source. And uh, whatever you do with it is you're just kind of making a mock meat and you make seitan. But I like to add to mine uh, things like lentils and tomato paste and soy sauce to get some of those colors and those flavors and a bunch of seasoning, of course. And you just kind of make this dough and then I just kind of shape it into steaks and steaming and I steam it. Steaming it is always my favorite. Some people like to bake it or boil it, but I find it kind of gets weird textures. So I always steam it. And then when you're done steaming it at that point, you can basically treat it as if it was like a rare piece of meat. You could uh, eat it directly if you want, but at that point I always like to marinate it and then grill it or something like that. And so it, it can be really fun because you can play around, you can marinate it. I have a recommendation for a marinade, but I have a whole other post on like 15 different marinades or something like that, specifically for seitan, because whenever I make it, uh, because it does take a little bit more time because you steam it, uh, I like to make a big batch and I throw a whole bunch of them in the freezer in their marinades and they freeze beautifully. And then you can have, you know, Take it, seitan steaks and seitan chickens and seitan sausages. I have a whole bunch of recipes because I fell in love with making seitan. That's amazing. Yeah, you're gonna have to do fun. a whole. You're gonna have to do a whole book on it. Because <laughs> yeah, <me. laughs> it sounds like something that you're really knowledgeable about. Oh, I've just been experimenting a lot, um, and that's, again, my dog is saying hello. Don't worry. I have a I have a dog that scratches it for. In case you hear any, that's the dog trying to get in. Well, Don't worry about it. Person, I think. <laughs> Zoom life, you know. <laughs> exactly. I think 
wearing there. She just likes to show her presence. <laughs> She's actually a big fan of Satan as well. <laughs> <laughs> she knows you're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, she gets excited when I'm cooking it. I don't know why. She's like lingering around the kitchen all the time. <laughs> it's really funny. But, um, but yeah, no, I have a lot of fun doing that. I just, I just have so much fun creating different flavors and textures. And that's a real, a real joy and a real fun with being cooking for sure. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> so I know you mentioned you can find it online worldwide, which is fantastic. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this now. I I want to I want to start creating seitan steaks. And I you know I have a a brother who's a loves his steak. All of his Instagram stories of him grilling, and he knows. <laughs> And he knows that I've been plant-based and vegan for, um, well, vegan for a number of years, but always vegetarian. And yeah. and I don't give him a hard time about his steak grilling on the Instagram mm -hmm. stories, but it is, uh, it is something that I think that when we really care about our family and friends, and we know that this is such a, a healthier alternative for them, yes. that we want to share it, but we don't want to be pushy about it, you know? So- has there been anybody in your family that has been amazed by these creations, <laughs> <laughs> these mock sure. meats that you've made? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I really opened up my parents' eyes to uh, particularly the environmental aspects of consuming animal products. And mm -hmm. so, like I said, we used to be big meat eating family, but um, I love Personally, I love wooing people with food. And so uh, they eat way, way more plant-based than they ever did before now. But like my dad, former meat lover, loves my seitan steaks, loves my seitan chicken, loves my seitan uh, sausages, you know, loves my cheeses as well. And of course my mom does as well. And so to me, that's really fun. Instead of um, getting mad at people for eating animal products, that's not my personal approach. Instead, I just like to woo them with the delicious vegan fare. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to in, you know, sort of entice them with it rather than lecture, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's great. Now my parents are always making my food and trying their own recipes as well and other people's recipes and of course friends and family and you know the world because I have a, a pretty popular blog so I'm constantly getting comments from people who are vegan or not about how much they enjoy my recipes. So it's really great making uh, you know, one plant-based meal at a time. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any, um, you know, recipe creators at the time that you were following along with that inspired you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty much uh, like to do things my own way. So I don't lean on vegan recipes for inspiration very often. I actually generally follow a lot of non-vegan blogs and cookbooks, which is uh -huh. like, <laughs> kind of weird. I don't comment. I don't want anyone to see my name. <laughs> <laughs> No, right. I know. I've done that too. I'm like, uh, nobody needs to know. Um. <laughs> I obviously credit if, if I, I, I am inspired by a recipe heavily, but, but I follow a lot of uh, like meat heavy blogs, cheese heavy blogs, because if I see something, I'm like, wow, I would love a vegan version of that. That's what excites me more rather than trying to take uh, other people's vegan ideas uh, mm. to create recipes. So yeah, that's generally what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Recently on Instagram, uh, Gordon Ramsay had posted oh, that he that. went vegan and then he was, it was sort of a teaser mm -hmm. that he was saying he went vegan. And then it was, you know, sort of uh, this ploy to get you to, you know, find out what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but actually I was on MasterChef as a, as a food critic a number of years ago, yeah. I think it was 2016. 
And I was on another show of his as well. And so for quite a while on my Twitter um, profile, I said, don't tell Gordon Ramsay I'm vegan. But, <laughs> um, but I would love to see something that is like a vegan recipe that, um, you know, chefs like Gordon Ramsay would love, you know, I know that he loves like a beef Wellington and I think he did a beet Wellington before. Yeah. yeah. That would be really fun. I mean, it, I think it's instead of, you know, uh, you know, contrasting against one another is to collaborate and have fun with it, you know? Well, that's it. Yeah, like, obviously it would be my ideal if the whole world went vegan overnight, but I know that's not going to happen. And I'm totally right. supportive and encouraging of people who make one plant-based recipe a week or, you know, several a week, even better. Um, right. And I think it's wonderful when restaurants are including more vegan options and they're getting a little bit more interesting these days. You know, when I was vegan, it was like, if they had a vegan option, it was either a sad salad or if I was lucky, a portobello burger, which is fine, <laughs> but it was like <laughs> so predictable. <laughs> like a steamed um, vegetable plate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You go to a bar and they'd be like, oh, here's your grain bowl. And you're like, cool I'm here to eat bar food and have a beer like why, why do I have to eat the healthy thing I just want to join in so I'm really happy to see that so many restaurants and uh, stores and companies are really opening their doors to creating more vegan options and that that demand is there and people are showing that they want it it's really exciting yeah absolutely like I don't know because I'm in California so we're more inclined to have all the vegan things, but I don't know what Toronto is like. And, um, you know, the restaurants there that offer vegan, uh, you know, like menus or even just entire, um, you know, entirely plant-based restaurants. So are there any that come to mind that you love? Oh, sure. I mean, luckily Toronto is now a pretty, a pretty vegan friendly city, which is good, but even still, like I would, I wouldn't be able to walk down the street and walk somewhere vegan unless I lived in a certain area of Toronto. So there, okay. there's definitely lots of vegan options, but they're definitely throughout the city. Um, but yeah, one of my favorites is there's actually two of them now, but they're uh, two called Planta. And I think there's actually one in, in California as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a more higher end vegan restaurant, which I really like, because for me, I make the simple 30 minute recipes and the comfort food. Right. So when I go out, I want the like fancier thing that I'm not interested in spending the time making. Uh, but I, I love them. They're both really delicious and really fun and fancy. And so, yeah, that's where I like to go. I haven't been in a long time. <laughs> I know. I know we haven't had that pleasure. I know. And I just can't wait. But it has been, I think, on the flip side, good for people to start cooking more at home and experimenting and, you know, playing around with different types of uh, cooking and recipes. So I think that's a, the plus, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen that for sure on my blog and the comments that a lot of people trying stuff that they hadn't before. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of people who weren't vegan are now trying a lot more plant-based recipes too, because it is generally more affordable and it's easy to make and you can make it with some pantry staples. You don't always have to go to the grocery store. So uh, yeah, it's been really good for that for sure. And it's interesting. I actually was uh, doing the food photography kind of uh, for this book when the, the pandemic started and so that was like a real struggle at first because the you know all the grocery store shelves were wiped clean um, but I was managed to be able to do all the food photography it was right at that time that I was shooting this cookbook and so it just goes to show that it's a pretty basic ingredients that most people can have on hand pretty easily. <laughs> yeah that, that definitely was a time and I remember that as well and just thinking you know and I in a way I kind of felt like well you know I really should simplify 
some of the recipes that I create, why am I creating so many complicated things that take so long? So, you know, it is a a great actual, um, you know, side effect, I suppose, if we can find any, you know, silver lining in it. But, But yeah, it's like, you know, once you start to really keep it simple, it becomes like much more, um, I guess, user-friendly in a sense is what I'm trying to get to that. You're like, oh yeah, instead, I'll just put together lunch instead of, oh gosh, I, I really want to make this. And you get too caught up in the complicatedness of it and everybody's sitting around waiting hungry or you're hungry, you know? <laughs> you have a Zoom meeting in 10 minutes and you haven't even finished you're making your lunch yet. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. 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 Yeah, I think yeah. that some people think of food when it's really simple, when it's like quick and cheap, and that is like not going to be quality. And I don't think speed or amount of ingredients relates to quality. I think it's really just about yeah. using the right ingredients, uh, using the right ratios. And, uh, you know, I did all that work for you in this book, so you don't have to do any of the thinking. So you can make food that tastes just as good as you'd get at a restaurant um, in your home, home kitchen in like, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> really cool. Really cool. I'm so, so pleased to have you on Plantful Life. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, I don't know. I mean, the book comes out on March 30th. I don't know when you're publishing this podcast, but uh, get excited. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real fun chatting with you. Really fun to chat with you too. I will definitely post it before the cookbook launches. So don't worry there. I want it to propel you into further success. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Then I should tell your, your listeners that uh, if they are interested in getting the book, they can pre-order it. If they pre-order it before March 30th, just go to my website. It doesn't taste like chicken.com slash pre-order. And uh, I'm offering you a free pre-order bonus bundle where you get five additional recipes that are not on the blog. They're not in any of my cookbooks. The only way you can get them is by pre-ordering. So it's a a nice little thank you for pre-ordering the book because that really does help us authors out. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, all the luck and success to you. And I will definitely share this as soon as possible so my (laughs) listeners can take advantage of those bonuses and get their hands on your book and thank you cooking <laughs> Woo-hoo, love it Start fast and easy <laughs> fast and easy and cheap and vegan <laughs> and vegan all the good things <laughs> amazing oh. thank you so much thank you so much well i hope you enjoyed my chat with sam turnbull and I want to encourage you to check out the pre-order offer that Sam has for her new cookbook, Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan. I have the link in the show notes, but you can go to her blog. It doesn't taste like chicken. You can find the link in the show notes um, for that. And you can also go to her Instagram, which is also it doesn't taste like chicken as well as her youtube channel and you can check out that pre-order promo that sam is giving Uh, you can get a five recipe bundle of delicious scrumptious mind-blowing vegan dishes that cannot be found anywhere else not on her blog and not in any of her other cookbooks so this is an exclusive offer for 
Those who pre-order before March 30th, 2021, and if you are listening after that, then you'll want to check out both of her cookbooks. The first one is Fuss-Free Vegan, 101 Everyday Comfort Food Favorites Veganized, as well as the new cookbook, Fast, Easy, Cheap Vegan. And you can find all of the links in the show notes. I am so happy to bring this episode to you. I look forward to bringing more delicious, plantful recipes and episodes to you. You can go to plantfulkitchen.com. I have some new featured bloggers on Plantful Kitchen if you want to check out new recipes. And I'm going to be having one of those featured bloggers on my upcoming episode in April sometime, and I'm going to also release a few solo episodes to go along with the health and wellness season here. And yeah, thanks for listening in. It was really fun to chat with Sam, and I look forward to bringing you more Plantful Life.